Hi, this is Regaline Sabah, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. Today, we are going to discuss self-improvement, well-being, and a leadership mindset. My guest today is Beata Reed. Beata Reed is an in-demand change and transition coach, international speaker, and change maker. Welcome to the show, Beata. Thank you, Gigi. I'm so excited to be here. Cannot wait for our conversation. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? I am originally from Poland, but at the moment I live in the United States already almost 10 years. So Colorado Springs, Colorado, if you want to visit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Now, tell us more about your company, Bieta Life Coaching. Absolutely. So Beata Life Coaching started after Beata, which means me, got help in her life because of some struggles. And I decided to use my name because it's not easy to remember. You you know that. You just had a couple challenges with that. (laughs) I'm just joking. Well, Beata Life Coaching is basically about Empower, I empower my clients through change and transition, and it can be in life or in business. I focus their thinking on their strengths and their ability to overcome challenges successfully. And why I say focus? Because mindset is our thinking, and what we focus on grows, and focus equals emotions as well. So I help my clients to overcome challenges, can be divorce, can be new job or loss of the job, breakup, any stuff that is stopping you from living fully and enjoying life at its core. What is life about? About living it happily. And it's not easy every on a daily basis. That's right. Very powerful. Now tell us more about your life show, Meaningful Conversations, Beata. Absolutely. So about a year and a half ago, I was challenged by my friend, actually. It's not that I really wanted to have that show, but I was challenged by my friend because I did not feel comfortable about public speaking. And he said, well, then you need to have a show. And I was like, no, no, me talking to some, who knows, strangers and camera, no, no, no. And he's like, yes, when you say no, it definitely was you need to do. And I like to be challenged. So I said, all right, I'm gonna do it. And, but then I was like, what I'm gonna talk about? Who do I want to have on my show? And my clients definitely confirm, you need to talk about what you do. You help us to bring more meaning into your, into our life. So how about bringing other, and I am a change maker. I love, I work about the change and I like to implement change in my life. And I decided to bring other change makers that overcome some challenging situations in their own life. And now they are showing my audience that it's possible. Whatever you go through, it's possible. You just have to decide. So it's basically, it's what my show is about. 
I bring people with the meaningful stories so they can help my audience raise awareness and help them to take their own lives in their own hands. Very powerful. Now tell us more about struggling with accepting your accent after immigrating from Poland in 2011. Accent? What accent? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what accent? <laughs> it's funny. Yes, now it's funny, but it was not funny at that time. So I moved from Poland in 2011. I visited the United States before a couple of times, but I was not aware about my accent. I thought my English is pretty good until, you know, you hear from someone else some judgment. And when I was working in this, in a, I work in a hospitality, very like top level uh, service, but you can find unhappy people everywhere. And it's not that they are bad people. They are just going through some tough situations and they take this anger on you. And I was in that situation a couple of times where they thought that my clients thought that they are not getting uh, service that they were expecting. So that I heard a couple of times, can I speak with someone who really speaks English or go where you where you came from? Uh, one friend said, come on, be realistic. With your accent, you will never succeed in this country. So I just, I just crashed. I was crushed. Like my, my inner self-esteem and the old stories about not being enough just came so hard on me. And I was like, wow, I should not even speak. Like, yes, why these people would like to talk to me if, if my English is so bad? So in life, you can find all reasons why you are not enough. And my reason to not achieve or not, not achieve because I was achiever, but maybe giving up too early or not going after opportunities was my accent but it was it was it wasn't even my story so later on in life when i got the coach she helped me to realize that the other people's opinions doesn't need to become my reality but it's my decision and you know at this time when i was struggling with that issue that my accent is stopping me from having a better job, great relationship. And you can find all kinds of reasons to why not you can be who you want to be because in my case, it was an accent. I realized that I can move forward and uh, stop is isolating myself from others, or I can live lonely and Basically, I'm happy because we are humans. We like to be surrounded with people. And I was separating myself because, again, who would like to listen to your accent? And then I hear, oh, you have very cute accent. So, <laughs> this is what, what does it mean? They want something from me. <laughs> so <laughs> the stories that we tell ourselves can move you forward or keep you stuck in life that you don't really appreciate. Very powerful. Now, what does self-improvement and well-being mean to you? Self-improvement to me is I'm going 
process. It's the work that we have to do on ourselves every single day. And we talk about that just a little bit uh, before we came live. Every day when I open my eyes, I have to decide how I'm going to live today because I'm I never was that, you know, happy person that I opened my eyes like, oh, my gosh, my life is so wonderful. I was not like that. I really had to go to the mirror and say, "Okay, you are alive. You have to do something with you. So putting the makeup is a one thing, but going there and really live your life is completely something else. And self-improvement is getting to know for me is getting to know yourself your strengths and your limiting stories your limiting beliefs patterns that are keeping you in a life like i already said that you don't really appreciate because the outside results that you have in your life are just the reflection of your inner world what is happening in you and well-being is again similar deciding every single day that today is the day that i'm gonna just i'm just gonna do my best i will take care of myself so self-care is so important every single day when i go to the mirror i say i love you beata you are important and at the beginning it sounds silly and i was like oh my gosh what i'm saying it's so stupid sorry for the word but it's really it's what i was but it takes practice self-improvement and well-being takes practice because life is a practice we practice every single day who you who we want to be is a decision today i want to be strong today i won't give up today i will be the person that i was not maybe yesterday even i love it never give up never very inspiring now, tell us more about how our thinking has the ability to either get in our way or to propel us to great success, whether personally or professionally. Absolutely. It, like you said, it doesn't matter if it's a personal life or your business successful, the success that you want to achieve in your career. Your stories, your thinking is the biggest barrier that you can ever ever have because your thinking is basically the self-image that you have the opinion that you have about yourself and it's not a secret that we always have more than one self-image one is the hidden one the secret that no one can really know about you we we hide our uh, what we call it uh, that we are not enough in I'm not enough to be CEO or I'm not enough to be, I, I don't know, the, the dancer. But outside, the outside, the people that you are with, you are showing them, oh, I'm tough or the masks that we put. So there's always two self-images. And the inner one, the one which comes from your thoughts, from your thinking, is going to always win when you are faced with challenge. And uh, it, the challenge doesn't meet doesn't mean something negative sometimes the challenge is to going after this promotion this going outside and meeting that man that you only dream about or this woman that you only dream about because your self-image is saying 
Who do you think you are? She would never look at you. How many of you have thoughts like that? I obviously still have self-image that is not really supporting me sometimes. But what is important, I am aware of it. And I'm aware about the stories that I'm telling myself. Your stories can be also come from your childhood, from the parents, from your teachers, coaches. And the, the best way that I like to discover it, it's through writing. Because when we write and it's research and it's science, it's not that I just came up with that, it says that when we write, we cannot lie to ourselves. And it's so true. So when I started writing, I found out that my childhood experience, when I was told that I will never be normal because of my accident, car accident, actually later in my life turned into I'm not enough. I'm not normal. I'm not enough. So what is your story? And the story that you hear in your head when you close your eyes, who do you hear? Is that you or maybe someone from your past, someone from your family, someone from your school? You, you have to go there and find out. So your thinking is the your thoughts. It's the biggest power that we humans have because it can propel you, propel you for success or stuck. You can be stuck in the life that you don't really appreciate. I've been there. I wanted to, to succeed. I wanted to have the promotions, but my accent, the story that I was telling myself was stopping me. It's like, oh, come on. I'm not going to apply for this job. Come on. They would never approve me. Without not trying, you will never know. Watch your thoughts, write them down and find out what stories are keeping you stuck. I love it. Now you mentioned an accident. Can you talk to us more about that and what happened? Absolutely. So it was back in Poland. I was seven years old. Oh my goodness. What a dreamer I was. I my goodness just started the first grade so i was proud of it i was the first grade student and in this small village where they were always telling education is the key in life education is the key for success and for everything so i was like oh my gosh it's my first day i'm gonna crush it and my father picked me up from the, from the after the school and i remember the class that we had with our teacher well, she was just really get, were getting, like it was getting to know class, like who we are. And she asked this question, who do you think you will become when you grow up? And I was like, me, me, please, Miss Smith. It's not really Smith because it's Polish is more complicated, but to make this easy, let's call her Miss Smith. And she picked me up and said, yes, I see that you really want to speak. Who do you want to become? And I said, I want to be a butterfly, like the one on my backpack. Everyone was laughing. And I was like, mm, why not? What, what is wrong with that? Never mind. I, she said, great, you, you can be a butterfly. And I couldn't wait 
to, to share that story with my mom, but she was my best friend. So we are going home with my dad and I'm talking, oh my gosh, dad, it was a great, uh, great day. I want to share this with my mom. And my, my mom already was on the way home from work. I was like, oh my gosh, I see my mom. And then boom, there was this crash. So that huge truck hit our car and I don't remember anything after. I mean, I don't remember anything after because I was unconscious um, and uh, I had a traumatic brain injury. Woke up, I don't know how many hours after or days after the surgery. My mom thought that I will, I will not really be alive. She was uh, devastated. But I remember the day waking up in the hospital with... Like, you know, I had a long hair. I was seven years old. Every girl wants to have a long hair. And I woke up and I kind of touched my, my head and there was a band-aid all over. So I move it and I can feel like there is no hair. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a seven years old. I'm a princess. I, I What happened to my hair? And I started panicking. But then I hear a conversation, which was even worse, that not having a hair, they had to cut my hair between my mom and the doctor, she was basically saying, ma'am, your child never it will never be normal. Your child will never measure up to the other peers. Don't have high expectations from her. If she finished second grade or third grade at that time, that's awesome, but she won't achieve much. So just be easy on her. And there were so many restrictions. But anyway, what I've heard at that moment as a seven-year-old child, it was, I am not enough. I have to do everything in my power to cover it up. So it's when my uh, journey of overachievers started. I eventually, I was homeschooling for a while. Eventually, I, I got back to school and to measure up to my peers and to be enough, I was working much harder than everyone else. I was still judged, but my uh, classmates that I don't have to work that hard because I, ha I had accidents, so the teachers will be easy on me. You are just seven years old. It's really crashing. So you put more pressure and more pressure on you and you're taking it with you in life. So the seven-year-old, it was... On one hand, was a really tough kid and helped me a lot to fight through a lot of challenges later on. On the other hand, it was scared little girl that just wanted to be like everyone else. Very powerful. Now, you talk about having a TBI, a traumatic brain injury from the accident. And now you are an amazing leader today. Can you tell us what does a leadership mindset mean to you? Hmm. Leadership mindset and this seven years old really helped me with that because to me, it means that you have to manage yourself first, always. If you are a leader and you are not managing yourself, you cannot lead anyone else. Lead yourself first. And it starts with knowing yourself, who you are, what are your strengths and where? I don't like this word uh, uh, where where you are 
not enough. I like to say, where do you need some improvement? Know who you are, because when you know yourself, you also are able to you are you are able to look at yourself without judging others because very often and when you judge others usually you put the blame you put the blame on the outside world that i'm not there because they did not give me this uh, promotion i'm not that person because he left me or i got divorced when you really know yourself you know that you are enough at the moment you are enough for who you are at that moment and with the knowledge and tools that you have. So I think the leader really need to learn first about themselves before become leader for every, anyone else. And again, I'm gonna go where all of this starts here. Know your thinking patterns. Thinking patterns, they're gonna show up where you are blocking yourself and where you need improvements and where you are really shining because you are shining in many on many levels in your life. I love it. Now tell us more about your experience overcoming depression. All right. Um, this is a tough topic because it takes me back to the experience, to the core of depression depression is not that it just comes oh that's because usually there is some event in our life that causes us to feel less to feel not enough to feel left behind and disappointed and it's what happened to me i was um, engaged um almost in my so I was already in my 30s, but I was in a relationship for 11 years with this beautiful man. And it was, for the most of the time, it was a great relationship. And uh, just be before our 11th anniversary, where I was like, oh my gosh, what this beautiful man is going to surprise me with? And he surprised me in a not nicest way. He texted me that we are done. And uh, he already is with someone else so bye bye so it was our the only conversation text message that we had because he never picked up my phone later so i i i don't i never had this this closure you know we very often this closure is so important i just wanted to hear it at that moment i, I was questioning like why and here the seven years old came i'm not enough i'm not normal i cannot even have a man uh, with uh, with me so I did not get that closure I not did not get this last conversation so I created the story I created the story that everyone else can be happy everyone else can have great relationship but not me it put me on almost four years um, time tough time even reaching out to counselors it was not really I didn't really got to the right ones, I believe. But it was back in Poland long time ago. They were maybe not that aware. Anyway, I was struggling. This overwhelming sadness was taking me to dark places. The, during the day when I was working, I was this beautiful smile and I was serving to my clients 
with my open heart. But then you go back to home, there are four walls, you're, you're in the bedroom and you start, your story starts coming. You are not enough, you see? You are suck, basically, like you're not like who you are. You cannot have happy life. All these negative thoughts, not even one positive. When you are depressed, you are like in a box and whatever is in the box and you see it that way, it's what you feed yourself with. So I was searching for all negative aspects on my life, not enjoying what was up front of me. And eventually, it's uh, it sometimes, yeah, sometimes it happens when enough is enough. You are so tired of yourself. You cannot even recognize yourself in the mirror. And I decided that I have to do something with my life or I don't want to leave. I really was thinking, but I was not brave enough. It's what I was saying at that time to kill myself. So I was like, God, just take me, just take me away. I cannot, I cannot deal with my life anymore. And God actually helped me because he basically, I had this thought, go, go somewhere else, change the environment. So I decided to come to the United States. Partially it was the God direction and partially it was me running away from what I didn't face back there. So I came to the United States and it's a totally new story. But as soon as I landed, a couple days in, I realized that wherever you go, there you are with all thoughts, all the stories and the baggage, invisible baggage for me. And I always laugh because on the plane, they allowed you only one luggage, but this invisible luggage that I was dragging with me, oh my gosh, you probably had to have like eight planes. So <laughs> yes, I very quickly realized that I just running away is not an option, that I have to do the inner work. Otherwise, I, I, I was alive, but not really living. So what is the difference between being, being dead and not living your life? So it's when I decided to reach out to people that possibly could help me. Amen. Running away is not an option. Very powerful. Now you mentioned God having a factor, or played a huge role in your recovery in regards to depression. Talk to us a little bit more about that and the importance of listening to him. Absolutely. Well, if you are like me, you're just a human. So you, you have this relationship with God, like sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. And at the beginning of my difficult times, the, the tough times, I was praying and, you know, you're the best friend we've got at these moments. Yeah, like, God, I love you so much. Why is it happening to me? Please help me to change that situation, whatever. And if it's not really changing, but it's not about because of the God, but because of your story, that the story that you tell yourself, I got upset. I was like, God, you don't see me. You don't hear me. You don't love me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. So I shut down. But when you shut down from God, is also not a really good place. I felt terrible, terrible, because the, this, this connection, this, this higher power that you can always turn to 
was not there. I cut it off, not him. He's always there. But I remember I had uh, the praying book and I just throw it away like in the room the room is like, you hate me. I, I don't want to talk to you. But God is patient. God is patient. And he was always there for me, even in the times when I was so mad at him. I was so mad. He was always there. And I could hear it here in my heart. So I was looking sometimes in the corner, which I threw my, my praying book. And I was like, no I'm, no, I'm not ready to talk to you. And he's like, Take your time. I'm here. Take your time. And eventually I reach back. I reach to this praying book and I was reading and I was like, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I know that you're like. And basically, without that connection, I would not survive depression. It was because I did not really get any help from counselors at that time. I was thinking about taking my life away. And the only thought that I had in my mind through all this time when I was praying is, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. You are still needed in here. You are still needed. Your mission is not over. So even I was mad, I, you know, I act like a child. I just act on God like, well, you don't like me. I don't like you too. And it's it's totally normal. God is always going to be there for you. You just need to go back and talk to him or her. Depends what, who you think in your mind who it is. Amen. Listening to God truly matters. Now, you and I spoke and you recently had a breakthrough in regards to what happened in your life. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and how God had a huge role in that factor as well in regards to your transformation? Because you're you're truly glowing. Uh, my my recent transformation. Are we talking about my? Yes, in regards to what happened when you were two. Oh, okay, okay. So, recently I was in this. Um, I took took a trip to Costa Rica, and I had I was part of the retreat, spiritual retreat, where we were guided to basically. And for some of you, it can. Sounds silly, but let me, I don't know if I can say it. I don't care because I believe that it's its true. What is true for me, it's true for me. But maybe you want to listen. So we were guided to the different, to, to see our ourselves in like from the observer point of view as uh, different dimensions. And I was took, but guided by the leader of that group to the, to the time when I was two years old. And what is what is surprising about that? Because, because of my accident when I was seven, I do not remember, I have no memory who I was or how I looked before I was seven years old. I just had this very, before the accident, couple moments when my father picks me up and all this stuff, but nothing before. I had no clue who I was as a child, except what my parents shared with me, but it was not really my uh, memory. So I was to, I was taken on the journey and, uh, well, your mind is there. So it's trying to, to really take over, but you have to go always with your heart and listen to the God. So my mind was saying, oh, yeah, five years old, you were good. You don't have to go farther. And my heart 
and the God is saying, go further, go, go further back. And like, I don't remember. Oh, yes, you do. You do. So eventually, after fighting, fighting with my mind, I, I saw myself as a two years old child. And what I saw, it was that I was not happy that there was a violence in my home, that my parents were fighting a lot. They did not really love each other at that time. My father was drinking. My mother was, it, I was the youngest one. There was four of us. And back in the time, it was a tough time for a family of four to live uh, and support the family. So I was scared and I had no clue. And it impacted my adult life. But again, I had no clue. But the God guided me there so I can have the closure. The closure is so important. I love it. And how did you feel after facing that reality head on just a few weeks ago? First, I was shocked. Like, how is it possible? The mind, the mind is, you know, the rational mind. Like, it's, is it possible? Oh, my gosh. But this, this guy said, Do you, you said that you believe in God. Can you see him? I said, no, I feel him. I said, oh, the same. So you you go, you go after your visions and feel it. You don't have to really rationalize, rationalize it. And I was like, okay. And I trusted, I trust my heart and the God that I have in my heart. And he just, he just, oh my gosh. And I didn't share it with you uh, before, but I can share it with well, it's the first time when I share it. That's amazing. So at some point when I had this closure as a child, then I was like, okay, but what is next? Like, what is next? I want to impact so many people. Where do I take it from here? What is my path? And again, it's not really about hearing, but feeling. I feel the voice saying, your path is in your heart. Like, whoa. So it's, it's still a process. I'm still on the journey of putting all these pieces together, but my strength is out of this world. My, that power that I feel that I have is out of this world because when God is with you, nothing is impossible. Amen. Your path is in your heart. Yes. Yes, I, I never gonna forget it. Uh, your path is in your heart. I love it. Now, what is your why that keeps you going? My why is well, there is couple whys, but the the main that drives me every day is to help others to actually take their lives in their own hands with a God, or if you don't believe in a God, whatever you believe in, believe in yourself. Because if you believe in yourself, you can take yourself places that no others can even dream about. So this is my main why, to impact as many people as I can with my experience, with my knowledge, and my belief in them. Because I think it's very important if when we don't believe in ourselves yet, because we are 
overcoming some stuff, it's very important to have someone else who can see farther than you can see at the moment. The leader, the coach, the mentor, the counselor, friend, husband, whoever who can say, I, I believe in you. I know that you can achieve more. Keep going. I love this it. Why. Amen. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Um, I think the best advice that I received and I share with all of you is because sometimes, let, let me just uh, talk about that. Sometimes we have all this noise. I call it noise. Others people's opinions, uh, society, the Instagram and perfect life on the Instagram or social media. I'm not saying Instagram only, that social media. And we we lost the sense who we are. So my best advice is find out who you are in your heart and do not let people without a vision tell you what is possible for you because it's possible that they are wrong. And what then? Amen. I love it. Thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you? The best way is my uh, website. It's Beata, B-E-A-T-A, lifecoaching.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Beata at beatalifecoaching.com. And thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure.